We are so thrilled to be partnering with Hinge. Hinge is the dating app designed to be deleted. As you all know, I'm a huge Hinge advocate as I met my partner of almost three years on the app. Even before meeting him, Hinge was always my go-to app because I met more relationship-minded people here and had some great dates. Clearly, I haven't been on the app for a little while, but I re-downloaded it to check out some of the new features. One that stood out to me was the voice prompt, my best friend's take on why you should date me, where your friend can hype you up. Not only does this make the profile creation less daunting, but it's not always easy to see your own green flags. So to test it out, I asked UA some fun prompts to get her take on what I could put if I was dating again. So the first one, how long have we known each other? What was your first impression of me and how has that changed? Julie and I have known each other for almost 10 years. My first impression of Julie was that she's very social, but I've learned that she has a lot more depth to her beyond the social butterfly that she is. My next prompt, what do you think are my green flags? I would say she's deeply loyal. She believes in love, curious mindset, and she is fearlessly ambitious. And then last but not least, what kind of friend am I? Julie is the kind of friend who will always have your back, no matter what. Damn, that feels nice to hear. So download Hinge and try voice prompts today. Then find someone worth deleting the app for. I love wine, but sometimes it can get really expensive, which is why I'm so excited that today's episode is brought to you by Last Bottle Wines. If you don't know, they're a Napa-based online wine shop with a twist. They offer just one hand-picked wine per day until it sells out, which is often an hour's. So new day, new wine, always at incredible prices. We're talking 30 to 70% off retail. And the best part is that there's no subscriptions, no fees, and no minimum purchase. Just a daily email with a really great wine. They're offering Datable listeners 10% off your first order with code Datable. And now is such a great time to join as their marathon sale is coming up on March 28th and 29th. They flip that one day rule on its head and offer back to back deals, which means that wines are only up on the site for a couple minutes at a time and shipping is 100% free. They send us a mini marathon package of some of their favorites and let me tell you, they were delicious. Sign up at lastbottlewines.com and use the code datable and find out why Last Bottle is the most fun way to discover and buy amazing wine. The Dateable Podcast features real stories from real people of how they make modern dating work, or not. I'm your host, Yue, former dating coach turned dating insider, if you will. On each episode, you'll hear commentary from my producer, Julie Kraftchik, and other surprise co-hosts. This episode of Dateable is brought to you by 500 Brunches. 500 Brunches connects like-minded people with similar interests to meet in real life over brunch. You answer a quick questionnaire about your interests and how you spend your time, and then they'll match you in small groups of six to eight at a brunch spot in San Francisco. Get a free entry into a brunch now by signing up at 500brunches.com and using the code DATEABLE. Welcome to another episode of Dateable, a show all about modern dating. And I believe that it doesn't get any more modern than the topic today. So (laughs) I have three guests with me, (laughs) Jupiter, Dylan, and Sean. Jupiter and Dylan are with me in the studio, and we have Sean on the phone. If you guys want to give a quick hello. Hello. Thank you for inviting us to your lovely appointed dojo. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for having me call in. Appreciate it. We're pretty 
excited would be a word, but also intrigued <laughs> by <laughs> this sort of um, non-traditional relationship. And we've had people talk about, you know, open relationships and polyamory, but you three are the first to talk about this idea of a triad relationship, which Julie and I thought were called tripod relationships. Are we totally wrong? Because Julie's like, I keep Googling tripod, and it's like the camera, camera. tripod yeah. that keeps coming it's up. Like, uh, yeah, no. We're yeah, wrong. it's a triad. So I'm like, is, is it like a gang of sorts? So, um, uh, it's, yeah, pretty, it's pretty much a gang. It's pretty much a syndicated organized crime throughout <laughs> yeah. the uh, I want to give a little background on our guest. Sean here has been in San Francisco for 12 years, originally from Ventura City. He's in his early 30s, and he says he's engaged in many poly relationships. Jupiter is originally from the Bay Area, and she's been in San Francisco specifically for one and a half years. She's um, in her mid-20s, and she's in a V-shaped triad. We're, she, she's going to talk about this V-shaped triad. We're going to get to that. I, I don't know. She I didn't know there were currently in them in other multiple polyamorous relationships. Okay. Okay. Awesome. I didn't know there were other uh, shapes of triad relationships. So <laughs> I want to get to the O's shapes. and the N's and the Z's. And Dylan, uh, <laughs> Dylan here is, um, he's been in San Francisco for 14 years, but you're originally from San Francisco. So I am, yeah. You have already been here for for longer than that because yeah. I'm not 14 years old. <laughs> You're so good at Thanks that. Thanks for clarifying. You could be. Um, I uh, I took a um, a kind of a long uh, break from the Bay Area. Um, I did some traveling in the UK, um, Southeast Asia, South America, um, and just kind of farted around for a while. And uh, okay. I, I recently uh, came back about uh, two and a half years ago. Yeah, come a little closer. We want to Hello. Hear you. <laughs> I, it's just because you don't want to touch me. <laughs> you know, I've never been to an orgy, but I would say this is the closest I've ever been to an orgy. <laughs> well, I can take you to some parties. Ironically, this is about the furthest I've ever been from an orgy. <laughs> Wait, you know, Dylan and I actually met at an orgy. Oh, so this is, this is getting so segue. good. Yeah. So I have to tell everybody Dylan's age. He's 29 and he's openly exploring other relationships. Okay. So we're talking about a triad relationship. What does that mean? Who wants to define that for us? Um, I'm going to defer to you. Do you want me to go? Because I'm, I'm, a, I'm a bit of a poly lexicon because um, I do a lot of poly events and I love this stuff. So triad pretty much just means three people in some sort of relationship engagement. There's a lot of different shapes. Like people, I think, traditionally think of a triad as being like a triangle where all the points connect. Um, but a triad can really be a lot of different other things. And we happen to have been in a V-shaped triad. It's V because there's like a pivot point person. And so that pivot point person was me. Like I was in a relationship with Sean and then I met Dylan and we also um, became in a relationship. And the difference between just like a normal like, and I'm dating two people is we actually, the three of us did have a close relationship. Just Sean and Dylan weren't dating each other. Um, and though I would say that it was, we'll get into this more, but like, Though it wasn't like a sexual relationship, there was some bromance there for sure. It was hyper romantic. Hyper romantic. And instead of fucking each other, we just high fived a lot. Wall fucking me. <laughs> wait, so okay, wait. <laughs> Back up. So <laughs> before we get to the fucking, let's yeah. talk about how we got there, which is yeah. you and Sean started dating first. How did mm -hmm. you guys meet? Yeah, um, Jupiter and I uh, traveled in the same circles. Uh, in relationship open circle in San Francisco and so we knew of each other for some time and I think we first had a little bit of a spark fly at a festival that we went to together um, lightning in a bottle 
and we had both been coming out of relationships where we were intentionally poly in those relationships, but I think our partners weren't as fully on board with being poly, and so it created a bit of a strain in our relationships where we wanted to allow our partner to have complete freedom. We wanted our partner to allow us to have complete freedom, but I think we hadn't experienced really what like a fully true non-hierarchical poly relationship could be, and when we met each other, we saw that each other had the same intention that that we saw that we each had in, our, in ourselves, and we also were attracted to each other, so it was just like the perfect foundation for us uh, ex- experimenting with like a really well thought out poly relationship, and like from the ground up, um, us meeting each other eye to eye and, and being very communicative and building a relationship from there. And then Jupiter, how long were you guys dating before you met Dylan? Um, so I guess we'd been dating, I think right around six months or like five and a half, six months was when I first met Dylan. And then how did you guys meet? Uh, Jupiter and I met, uh, at a play party, uh, here in San Francisco. A sex party for those who are Was not... it Ben and Kate's sex party? It was one of Ben and Kate's it sex was, parties. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, Ben and Kate. Yeah. <laughs> Call back. <laughs> and I was there with Sean. Sean and I were both there at that party. Okay. I was, I'm going to say loosely initiated in the sort of play party scene. And, um, we, you know, before we met had, um, several mutual friends. I was pretty uninitiated with the dynamics of polyamory and... Um, how those sort of open relationships functioned, especially in a sort of play party uh, environment. And so Juber and I hit it off immediately, started hooking up, and then like Sean walked in and I was like, oh shit, I'm in deep trouble right now. <laughs> but <laughs> you were like, no, yeah. She was like, no, 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 this is fine. I was like, oh, oh, that's really cool. <laughs> I guess in kind of uh, a very uh, basic and crude way, kind of kicked off um, a a series of uh, like discoveries for me about what I wanted um, in uh, dynamics with sexual partners, what I wanted in relationships, and um, you know how I just sort of wanted to treat dating in general. So that was um, definitely uh, a door knocked down. So Jupiter, when you and Sean are in this relationship, were you guys labeling each other as like boyfriend girlfriend or primaries? What was it? Um, so we were using the terms partner at the time. We were both using the terms boyfriend and girlfriend also. For us, they were very interchangeable. Um, I don't always use those terms as interchangeably. Like, I don't think Dylan and I ever referred to each other as boyfriend and girlfriend. I think we only ever call each other partners. Right. Um, that was, like, a specific choice we made that, like, felt right for ours. With Dylan, with Sean and I, it was like, whatever, yeah, you're my boyfriend, my partner, whatever. Um, yeah, we don't, we both, Sean and I both subscribe to, and Dylan also, uh, we all subscribe to non-hierarchical polyamory, which um, specifically eliminates things like primary, secondary, things like that. Any system that, like, creates an implicit, like, someone has a status Mm. that is fixed or, like, takes priority over anyone else. Mm -hmm. Um, So we didn't ever give anything like that, which was part of kind of honestly what made space for Dylan to come into my life was the fact that we didn't have – I believe actually on – Still on my first date, he's like, so, like, Sean's, like, your primary. I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I don't do that. Went into my whole spiel. And I think he was, like, swooning a little bit. So if you and Sh- – so Dylan and Sean did not have a sexual relationship, correct? Right. Okay, so what is the difference then – can you explain this a little further of mm-hmm. what makes you guys a triad 
couple between the three of you versus just you being partners with the two of them. Yeah. Um. So for me, like, I feel like sexuality is only one aspect of mm-hmm. connection and relationships. And I would almost say that Dylan and Sean, between them, have pretty much every... They love each other. Okay. Dylan and Sean... Whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> Sean loves me. <laughs> what, do you, what do you have to say about that, Sean? Do you love Dylan? <laughs> yes, I love Dylan. That's the question. I think initially, I wasn't sure if, you know, Dylan's um, appearance in... Uh, in, in, the, in the scene uh, among Jupiter and I would, how that would affect Jupiter and my relationship. And initially, I feared that I would lose time that I had previously been able to spend with Jupiter. Mm. Uh, it wasn't, when they developed their relationship, it wasn't anger or, or jealousy or, or upset at Jupiter or at Dylan, but I did have to go through some processing to to think of, okay, how is this, like, the time that I've currently set up to, to be spending with Jupiter, how's that going to be affected? Because now, you know, she has, uh, or, so they need to allocate their time with another person. But what really turned out is that um, Dylan and I ended up actually really enjoying spending time together. And so what, how it ended up happening is all three of us would actually hang out together and spend the night together and have sex together um you know, in our own configuration, but like, you know, in the same bed and would help each other, please each other, you know? Um, and so that's... Configuration, Sean? <laughs> yeah, please explain more. <laughs> Wait, so, so just to answer Julie's question, that's what makes you guys a triad relationship yeah. versus a polyamorous relationship because of the three of you guys hung out. A lot. A lot. Yeah. Okay. We, yeah. we became very close. And you almost had a relationship, it just wasn't sexual. Right. Um, I think uh, Sean and I developed uh, a very a deep and intimate friendship um, and one that is uh, unlike any that I think I've had with anyone else and and I think there is uh, a mutual understanding of the um the shared intimacy with mm-hmm. another uh, and I think I think that sort of creates um a very uh, deep connection with another person just some something that I thought was was so inspiring when um I sort of began my relationship uh both with Jupiter and with Sean kind of respectively was Sean uh, approached it in in such a, a healthy and, and open way and um, discussed it in terms of the two of us being on a team together with our mutual goal being to make Jupiter happy. And I thought that was just one of the most like touching yeah. and, uh, you know, unbelievably uh, just human things that, that I had uh, experienced this far. And uh, that was that was really, really inspiring and, and really kind of drove me to try and incorporate that kind of thinking into my own life. Now, from my understanding, Jupiter, you are the connector of this relationship. Did did you, Sean and Dylan, did you guys ever hang out without Jupiter's presence. Oh yeah, definitely. The first time I think I think went, we preferred went, it that way. They went on a trip together, actually. <laughs> yeah, they, from the literally from the first time we ever the three of us had like a group date, the very first time. Uh, we all sat down and I was like very nervous and I'm like they were both like hey how, how you doing I'm like I just really want you two to become best friends <laughs> <laughs> and very quickly they were they and they 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 did share a little kiss at the end of our our, our, our goodbye and I was like oh good lord save me and that's all I ever wanted as I want I, I loved these two people and I wanted them to 
find a mutual that see that mutual love in each other. And Jupiter did a terrific job of of kind of like facilitating that and creating a space uh, where there wasn't really any pressure or expectation on uh, Sean or I to uh, develop any kind of relationship. But it was uh, it was healthily encouraged and uh, and and definitely well fostered. So so uh, so when guys hang out together, I'm just thinking about without the presence of their girlfriend, they're usually out like looking for girls or hitting on girls. <laughs> Did you guys do that? Oh, constantly. Oh, okay. Interesting. Interesting. Okay. <laughs> With no no hesitation or reservation whatsoever. Yeah. And they, I would I would ask for updates while they were doing right. this. Fascinating. They, they, were, they were at South by Southwest at the same time together, and I was I, I was getting photos of them that. doing various things together. I was like, I don't care what y'all are doing. Just can I get a photo of some butts? And very quickly to my phone, I got a picture of both their butts in a bathroom, and I was oh like, my yes. God. I was like, great. Go back to what you're doing, guys. So it's just they're just. There's no jealousy at all in any of this. Um, it's it's really it's kind of bizarre. Like I I have experienced uh jealousy in relationships previously. Um, but I don't know that I ever experienced it in this dynamic with these two people. Why do you think that is? Um, just because of how uh open and communicative and um just abundantly loving they both are like I, I i don't know that i think jealousy primarily stems from a sense of insecurity mm -hmm. and uh there was just between the three of us there was no like room for insecurity because there was just such an abundance of love and adoration between the three of us and it kind of uh it, it almost multiplied on itself we often described that you know, there was relationships between myself and Sean, myself and Dylan, Dylan and Sean. And then there was this other relationship that was the three of us. Mm -hmm. And that relationship, while all of our relationships, I think we all put a lot of work into having healthy relationships, having a communication. There was something about our specific dynamic of the three of us that was probably the healthiest of them all. There was something so like, to use a buzzword, synergistic about all of us together. Oh, just, yuck. Oh, no. oh, I'm techie skull. How long have you been in the corporate world? <laughs> Three um, months. Oh, oh. And then Jupiter, were you out dating other men as well? Um, It just so happened, like, while I was dating Sean Dillon, I did, wasn't happening to date anyone. So, like, I was totally free to. It was mostly, like, having the two of them and having a full-time job and having yeah. hobbies. Yeah. I kind of was out of time. Like, it's yeah. the biggest thing that always comes up. So here's the biggest question. You yeah. talked about it. It's timing, scheduling, guys. I mean, yeah. we were talking to a friend last week, and he said, oh, I asked this girl out on a date, and she said she's not available till April. And that's just like trying to date one person. <laughs> How do you find <laughs> uh, the time to date like multiple simple. people? Did they ask this woman that was unavailable till last April? Last week. Wow. Wow, that's amazing. I'm not that busy. Uh, so... Uh, I will say, I've said it once, I'll say it again. I feel like Google, that's just Google no. Cal that's a no. If someone says I'm busy till April, that's like I don't oh, want yeah, to see Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, I use Google Calendar for one thing nowadays. Though, um, a big thing for me at least, so that this was part of like honestly why a triad really worked for the three of us. Like I had a full-time job. Dylan, you know, worked down south. And so between full-time job and then commuting. Is that a euphemism? Oh. <laughs> that was his full-time job. He's got two full-time jobs. <laughs> Pleasing Jupiter. Yeah. I love it. It's like, we just wanted to please and love Jupiter. Yes. Oh, like, Where can I find my hero of men? Jeez. Um, I've got friends. Um, but for the, you know. Google uh, Calendar. Yeah, Google Calendar. But for the three of us, 
Like, when I was, for a while, Sean and I were the only ones just seeing each other, like, mm-hmm. consistently. And that was a lot easier at a time. Sean had some more flexibility and schedule at the time. Now we're all even busier than when we were all seeing each other. Um, but it was kind of easy to be like, hey, like, I can try to keep splitting my time, hang out with you, but that gets to, ha- can we just, yeah. like, hang oh, out yeah. together? Yeah. And, like, slowly that became more and more of a thing where... I'm someone who can be really fulfilled by group hangouts. Mm-hmm. Um, like, I still want some one-on-one time, but, like, I'm actually... And I, I think, Sean, can you speak to this? Because I remember us talking about this when we were still seeing each other about this. Yeah. I, um, for me, what was... I mean, this was the first uh, relationship that I had had where, where I had, uh, you know, however you define the term, an intimate relationship with, with, a, with a man with some masculine energy. And so mm. what that meant is that when we all hung out, I got this interesting balance, you know, and Jupiter's got her their own unique mix of masculine and feminine, and um, and, mm. and and Dylan brought this masculine energy, which I just hadn't had in a relationship uh, before, which was actually really, really amazing. Can, can you imagine? Can you imagine the situation where you get to like hang out with with a guy who like you're getting to know like a like a best friend, and you're hanging out with your girlfriend. Like at the same time, like it. it was Sean, like I just want you to know I'm weeping from every orifice right now. <laughs> I mean, I guess it totally makes sense. Like the way you're saying it, like <laughs> I, I people just, always never have time for like friends and relationships. Yeah. So it's like, yeah, let's like, do it all at once. But it's also your friend. <laughs> it's also fucking your girlfriend. That's the difference here. I'm, yeah. Okay, he I'm, was, yeah. I'm curious about the configurations yeah. now. Let's talk about logistics <laughs> and configurations. How does this work? Let's just go PG first. When you go on a date, what does that look like? Who picks Who picks a spot? Who's planning the dates? Uh, it, it's not I think any, we all took turns. It's not any different well, our, from uh, when you're planning with uh, platonic friends. So uh, I'll say on for our second date... Um, I, so I'm, maybe you've both heard of Hump, the film festival. That's um, like no. the am- amateur. <laughs> <laughs> Please, more. Oh my God, you have to go. It's in January. It's the amateur porn film festival. They show at the Victoria amazing. Theater. Okay. Yeah. It's amazing. It's run by Dan Savage. It's super Oh, cool. I love Dan Savage. Yeah. But you're watching porn in public? It's amateur. So it's in a theater. <laughs> <laughs> it's amateur you, you porn. You say that like that's weird. <laughs> we have a good story from that. We do. So we have a good story. Um, oh, so. shit. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm worried because I don't remember what it is. Oh, it's okay. It's not that bad. All right. Uh, we, uh, for that, I had been like, oh, I really want to go. I'd gone the year before. And I realized, I'm like, oh, like I've talked with Sean and I really wanted to do this with him. And I was like, oh, I think I really want to bring Dylan too. And I just got overwhelmed with like, oh my God, I don't know. This is the first time I've had to like pick who to take. So I just bought three tickets. <laughs> and I didn't ask either of them before I did it. And then I like messaged them both or like I talked to them both. I was like, hey, so I should have asked before, but like, I'm really sorry. I, did, I don't want you to like feel like I did, wasn't picking you, but like, can I bought tickets for all of us to go? If it's a problem, I can like, and they were all like, that's so sweet that you want us all to go. Like, great. I was like, wait, this is the best thing ever. And so <laughs> I got to bring both of them as my first like public let's go out date. And so we went to see um, via my... Let's my, not pretend that you weren't peacocking super hard too. Just be like, oh, I was peacocking oh, super I happened to bring two dudes. <laughs> oh, no, I didn't. We were, we, so we got into the theater and I was like so proud. And at one point there's like people behind us and someone made a comment. I turned around with my hand on each of their shoulders and I'm like... <laughs> I came with two dates. <laughs> and this is like, 
we, and we had a bunch of friends join us, and there was another guy who I've seen. That's when I cringed so hard that my face actually <laughs> folded in on itself. Yeah, how did so you make it? No reaction. To, yeah, like yeah, what was your reaction? You um, I mean, that was it was still pretty new to me at that point, and so we've been seeing each other less than a month, I think. Yeah, okay. easily. Um, you hadn't really had these relationships prior. Uh, I I had been in situations where uh, me and somebody else were seeing the same person, but it was never that kind of like... Like together, all right. three. Right, it was never, there was yeah. never a group dynamic. It was like, we're just gonna pretend that neither one of us knows about this. Yeah. <laughs> uh, this is the opposite. It's right, like out right, right, in the right. open. Um, and so that was, that was very jarring for me, and it took, um, I'm gonna say several months to um, kind of get fully acclimated to mm. that kind of... Uh, social dynamic, but it was fine. Um, it was definitely an interesting experience. And, uh, you know, even at the time when I was, uh, I'm going to say, I don't know, mildly uncomfortable, um, I, I was still able to laugh at it because it's just so, so ridiculous. <laughs> um, like, it, it's, it's, it's ridiculous in the sense that it's like, like, I understand that it's totally kind of outlandish in sort of the conventional uh, viewpoint. But I also understand that it's like, it's completely preposterous that like people have an inclination to do this sort of thing and are restrained by either their, um, their own uh, self-consciousness or, you know, societal pressures to uh, just, you know, live the Disney fairy tale. Um, yeah, just yeah. go with whatever well, makes you feel good. I'm just thinking about like more conventional relationships. Like a month in, if someone was like, "Hey, I'm gonna bring another girl to date with me," I'd be like, "What the fuck?" You know, yeah. like that's the reaction. So it's t yeah. it's so interesting that it was like not that. Reaction. Whereas they were like, so I was I was really worried that like I might hurt Sean's feelings because this is something we talked about wanting to do, and Sean was like, "That's really sweet. I'm totally down for that." I was like. You're awesome. My life, I'm spoiled as shit right now. Let's go oh, into it quickly in your history. So, so Dylan, you've never been in a triad before this one. Right. Not a not a fully known triad, I guess. <laughs> Jupiter, have you? No. Okay. And then Sean, have you been in a triad before this one? No, this is the first. Oh, so this is the first for everyone. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. It's hard to My find. First triad. My first triad. And you guys. It sounds like a children's book. You guys currently today are not dating each other. No. That's right. Well, yeah. I would say that maybe Dylan and Sean are the closest. <laughs> They're still together. Uh, well, last time, last time I hung out with Sean, he's like, "Yeah, I hung out with Dylan. We went to Banya." I'm like, "Banya's a Russian bathhouse." I've been there. Yeah, yeah. 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 So they went to the bathhouse together on a like one-on-one -on -one date, and I'm like, "What the fuck didn't you invite me?" And they're like. This was a just as us thing. I'm like, well, I see that you two are still seeing each other. So would you guys do triads again? Would you be open to it? Oh, totally. oh for sure. But I mean, totally. it's so it's so heavily dependent on uh, yeah. the, the people involved. Right. Yes. Right? We couldn't yeah. have forced this. I think it was like it was sheer luck and like it just so happened we all clicked. Like I wasn't positive when I first introduced them all because you know Dylan and Sean turned out to have like a really great you know, chemistry, uh, personality wise, but like, I would say Dylan and Sean are like fairly different in very specific ways. Um, oh yeah, definitely. Yeah. Like they're very different people, um, in terms of just a lot of ways they relate to people, but they happen to both just be really 
big hearted, genuine, open, honest people. And they want to please you, <laughs> more importantly. <laughs> and, and so logistically, I want to go back to logistics again. Yeah. For a chance, a time where you were invited to a party, you only had a plus one, like a wedding or something like that. And you had to choose between <laughs> Funny the two story. Of them. Funny story. I want to hear. <laughs> so, um, Funnier story, even this is actually after I'd officially stopped dating both Dylan and Sean, but I was a bridesmaid at a wedding mm, in July. There you go. And, but I was obviously invited months and months and months before. Um, and my friend knows, this is like one of my oldest friends, and she knows that I'm Polly. And she called me up on the phone like last fall to be like, hey, I'm going to let him like, and I was like, oh my God, you're getting married. I'm freaking out. I'm crying. And she's like, I want you to be a bridesmaid at my wedding. I'm like, of course I will. And she's like, and I know you're poly, so you can bring two dates. <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> That's what I get my best friend being, getting the one being married. Um, That's and so, incredible. Yeah. At the time I hadn't met Dylan. Then like, obviously I was like, Sean, will you be my date for this wedding? And then. And then she very slyly pocketed that extra invitation. <laughs> <laughs> One day I'll find my plus two. Yeah, yeah. I always knew. Like, I had, I had someone. I had my back pocket just in case uh, I needed to invite. I knew. You know who it is, Sean. It's our very, very bisexual porn star friend. So. Oh, <laughs> she should have given you five dates. I, know, I, I was like, I can take as many dates as you can. Yeah. Um, Table with yeah. just Jupiter and all your dates at the wedding. Please. What? I started. I started calling them that. It's like Jupiter and, and their moons, right? Yeah, I like that. <laughs> just orbit planet. Oh, no. That sounds like a, like a rock band or something. <laughs> or a porn. I don't yeah. know. It's a porn. You know what's funny is when I first met Jupiter, I asked her if she was named after the relative size of her ego. Oh, <laughs> and that's not. what you were attracted to. It is what, it is what you're attracted to. But, um, <laughs> um, but so, so what happened was, even though we'd stopped dating, we all kept a really good relationships. So I was like, you also come to the wedding? And they're like, yes. Oh, and sweet. so they both came to the wedding still. Um, mostly it was just the two of them growing out because I was in bridesmaid mode. <laughs> and like my parents were there and my parents have like, I brought both of them I to brought Easter. Out with your dad. So your parents are totally cool with it? Well. Totally is a strong <laughs> My mom is totally cool with it. My mom's like the most supportive person ever. My dad is just like confused and just keeps telling me every time I talk about like all my multiple partners, he's like, pick the richest one and, and just <laughs> pick the richest and, one and marry him. And I'm like, Dad. yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, so, but like. My 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 dad and mom both really like Sean and Dylan, and so like they both my parents were at the wedding because it's my best friend since I was little. Yeah, and so my dad didn't even know know that like I wasn't dating either of them. He just assumed I still was because they were there at the wedding. Yeah, so obviously yeah. It's normal relationships. If you break up, but you don't keep. But now I'm thinking, if you're a bridesmaid as bride, you should give them plus twos because when you're doing bridesmaid duties, your mm -hmm. date needs someone to keep exactly. them entertained. Oh, they were this totally entertained. Right? No, this is it's like brilliant. even even in the the sphere of monogamy like that yeah. just makes so much sense right? totally yeah. what do you that do that should all be day? a rule yeah, that should be a tradition like the worst for guys oh. with yeah I, I love this we're breaking down wedding conventions there you go so how long did you guys actually date like completely um probably the three of us were all like a unit for like six six, six months about six months or so okay yeah so what ended it um, it was nothing between the three of us. In fact, like I said, after we were all broken up, we we hung out at that wedding. It was so much fun. Syphilis. <laughs> oh, yeah. Where, where'd you meet her? <laughs> um, no, uh, 
<laughs> I think it's it's interesting that like it, it, it speaks to why uh, we worked so um, so fluidly and so well um, as a triad that um, you know after breaking up we were you know still fully committed to a being friends b showing up to things like the wedding um, you know as though there were no change in dynamic because at um, at at the base level there wasn't really a change in dynamic there there was a change in how we approached our relationships and there was a, a change in the sexual dynamic but um you know at at its core we still uh didn't love each other any less so who initiated the breakup conversation um, well so it happened in, in individual ways um sean and i still haven't broken up yeah. <laughs> sean and i still together um dylan and i transitioned our relationship um in, like in June and I like, like that we, word transitions. transitions. <laughs> I've transitioned many relationships. All yeah. right. Well, because for, for me, it, it's true. Because like, <laughs> sweetheart, sit down. We need a transition. <laughs> we gotta transition our relationship. <laughs> this is the new breakup. <laughs> well, for me, it's like first. you know, a, another phrase that I'll often we'll use is like deescalate. Um, oh my god! Wait, is it a wow. fucking military conflict? Like what? <laughs> <laughs> you, you like, Sean, Sean like that one, Dylan. De-escalate. Yeah. It's like, that's like you're getting like demoted we from your go. job or something. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. I sent Brian down. as my diplomatic representative to de-escalate our relationship. <laughs> um, so for me, like, even though sometimes I'll use the phrase breakup because it's I think people understand it more, the truth is like, I feel like there's something implicit in breakup that and you'll often hear anyone you talk to in the poly community, they often refer to relationships in other ways than breaking up. Right. Mm. Because there's there is less of this like you're my everything or you're mm. nothing yep. to me feeling yep. where like we respect a lot more that people sometimes are certain roles in our life and then change. And so it's so, just changing dynamics of your change, relationship. Yeah, and for really all it is is acknowledging what's already there. That's what happened with Del and I. We were like, hey, we both feel like things are changing. Maybe that we, our needs don't need to be met in the same way they've been met. And we were totally mm-hmm. on the same page. Like it wasn't, it wasn't like a fight. We were there for each other. It was, it was we the actually, most amicable breakup I've ever we had. We went on a breakup date. We but like, was there something We literally went that, and got tacos and, and we're like, this is over, right? Cool. But cool. Does, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> does something happen or? I think um, just, you know, the, the progression of each of our uh, lives and the development of our needs and what we were looking for, um, in a partner just kind of um, naturally drifted apart. Uh, and, and we came to the realization that neither one of us could, um, you know, fully satisfy the needs of the other in the way that we had previously been able to. So and what were some of those needs that yeah. were different? Um, I think um, sort of just uh, attention and, uh, you know, time spent and uh, dedication mm. to overcoming challenges with the other. Um, a, a lot of what sort of builds and strengthens a relationship, at, at least in my experience, is um, the ability to help your partner overcome the challenges that they're facing. And that's a pretty big, uh, mm-hmm. you know, time and effort and mm-hmm. not spiritual in a religious sense, but like it's a spiritual right. commitment, right? Mm-hmm. Like um, you need to give a lot of yourself to be able to help somebody do that. And um, I... Um, for a multitude of reasons, uh, didn't feel like I was able to continue doing that in the way that I had been able to before. Well, why though? Where, did you start seeing someone else or? Oh, no, it, it wasn't, it wasn't really a romantic thing. It was just a sort of a, a change in, um, change in mentality, a change in, um, demands from 
uh, personal life, work life. Um, so here, so I'm going to say time was actually a big, a big yeah. factor. But this happens in monogamous relationships, yeah. and what happens most of the time is two people sit down and talk about it and say, "How can we work through this? How can we compromise?" Yeah. So in a triad relationship or a poly relationship, mm-hmm. is this reason enough to say let's de-escalate the relationship or transition? <laughs> I feel like for us, it was just like, "Hey, right now, in what we need to be in each other's lives, is it partners?" We still care about each other. As you can see, we're both still affectionate right. with each other. Like, mm-hmm. I love Dylan. Um, Dylan continues to be a part of my life. But I like to reserve the word partner for someone who holds a different level in, in my life. Who is... I, has someone certain, handsomer. You can say it. <laughs> no, someone rich. Remember? Oh, right. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> someone richer even than you, honey. Um, so you bring up time. I think that's, yeah. like, an interesting thing. Do you think, though, that, like, just in general with poly, obviously that's an issue with time. That's the ultimate currency so, of polyamory. Really. Exactly. Yeah. So do you think that's, like, you mentioned it takes a lot of time to devote to really helping someone through things. Do you yeah. think in other polyamorous relationships you could have that work out and have that time? Or do you think that's something that's challenging with this whole dynamic? You know, time management is... Uh, something that I am notoriously just atrocious at. Um, a lot of us are. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, Good to know one of my partners own. shares calendars with all his partners because they are all have very busy lives. You kind of have to. Yeah. But yeah. I mean, like, not time like that. Like, I mean, there's obviously, like, physical time, but, mm. like, the time, like, you mentioned, Dylan, to, like, devote Effort. to, like, helping someone through something. Yeah. Like, that type of time. I, yeah, and for me, I, I honestly think it's more of a gift to actually, like, release that. Like, that's the thing is, like, I could tell that when Dylan and I came time to transition our relationship, I could just tell her, like, I wasn't going to fight for it because I was like, I can see you're just in a different place. Yeah. This isn't something. Mm, got I, it. I don't want to fight you and be like, you need to fulfill my needs. Right. I need this from you. I'm like, this isn't where you're currently at. I want to be able to not hold resentment because you're not giving me everything I want. I instead want mm. to be able to hold you to a place where whatever you give me is a gift. Right. Which is similar to monogamous yeah. relationships. That happens all the time. Yeah. But I, I do feel like in a monogamous relationship, because let's say you're the only one I have, mm-hmm. yeah. I'm going to devote all my energy and fight for this relationship. Yeah. Right. But I guess in polyamorous relationships, you're kind of like, well, I have all these other relationships that are fulfilling oh. different needs. Yeah. And maybe... We don't need yeah. to. If we're in different yeah. places, we can just let that go. Well, that was that was something that I didn't quite um, pick up on right away, but something that um, I, I eventually found very gratifying was that um, I was able to rest easy knowing that I didn't have to fulfill all of mm-hmm. Jupiter's needs mm-hmm. and that yep. um, I didn't have to be her go-to for everything and yep. that my role in, um, in our romantic relationship and in her life um, could be totally different um, from Sean's or anyone else's. Um, mm-hmm. And that, you know, the, the responsibilities that um, she uh, came to me with were ones that I willingly accepted. Yeah. And that there wasn't any responsibility or any expectation placed on me. It's mindful. It's mindful. It is very much, yeah. Very I think much. what you mentioned, like, that's the ideal monogamous relationship. Mm-hmm. But there has been so yeah. many relationships that end because the person doesn't have time. It yeah, doesn't want to get to that level of working definitely. through. So but in a monogamous relationship, you somewhat be judged if you said, oh, we we totally, we changed, you know, that my partner changed and we decided to part ways. Mm-hmm. People would say... Well, why didn't you fight for your relationship? Why didn't yeah. you try harder? Or why didn't you go yeah. to like couples counseling, right? Yeah. 
So I guess I, I'm just asking if there is a need for something like that or well, not. So to in, I'll bring in Sean for this part. So I, I fully transitioned my relationship with Dylan and only two or three weeks later, uh, Sean and I had already been through one level of de-escalation in our relationship oh. and we fully de-escalated our relationship after that. Um, What's one level? Yeah, I think Jupiter hit it on the head um, with their first response to this, which was that at least in our relationship, I feel like was just communicating what we already knew to a degree and that's what i find so different than all the monogamous relationships that i've been in before for me like in monogamy what i've had happen is you kind of build up this this elephant in the room at least the elephant in my mind or in the other person's mind which is like the doubts and questions i have about the relationship that grow and grow and grow until i finally place a voice to those and usually when I place a voice to those that like you know makes the relationship break and fall apart because I've broken the the golden vow of like the sanctity of our relationship being perfect and I feel like Mm. with the communication skills that we developed in our poly relationship and practice Jupiter and I did a constant check-in at first every couple weeks and then every month and maybe every month and a half we did these check-ins where the purpose of it was for us to discuss how we felt like our relationship was going. Did we want to change it in any ways? Were there things that we wanted to work on? And we created a safe space to discuss that stuff so that, that when the time for a transition came up, it wasn't this total elephant in the room that was just like presented and was a blindsiding um, effect. I feel like we, we laid voice to, yeah, change in the level of connection that we had. We laid voice to that. I, I was on. I was traveling in Europe for a bit, and when I came back from traveling in Europe, and we wanted to somewhat make it clear and official to each other that yeah, we recognize this transition, and it's, it's no longer a loose end. So what I'm hearing is this sort of transition of relationships is sort of inevitable. So would you say a triad relationship is sustainable for the long term? Oh, definitely. Or do yeah. you think this breakup even had anything to do with being a triad? Uh, I kind of feel like I I'm, feel like the triad probably added to the be- the benefits of the relationship yeah. like if anything not to say like my relationship with the other of them would have ended sooner but if anything for me personally I got so much of a richer experience yep. actually out of my relationship from my connection to both Sean and Dylan together and honestly something that I felt a bit was when Sean went traveling for a bit I actually really missed and felt like Mm. my relationship to the two of them suffered from us not being able to have as much time together. The three of us. I actually felt like that almost added to some tension that like it kind of made it more clear. Like it was almost like it was almost like being in fairy tale land, being Mm. the three of us. It was kind of magic. There was no fighting. There was something that magically dissipated. Like the three of us together, it was like just so easy. Whereas on one on one, like we, you know, people, they have their issues with people and Mm. I, I'm a big firm believer in, like, I'm not there to fight for relationships till the end. Mm. I'm there to let relationships run their course. I believe, that I, I'm a, I believe that most, if not all, relationships in your life end. And I mean, they do. Exactly. Like, <laughs> right. whether it's Reality, with death or yeah. anything else. And I'm just so happy to experience relationships to the point where no one has to be resentful. We can be like, hey, yeah. I got a lot out of this. And I think if any more, we're, we're going to stop getting positives out of this yep. experience. So for me, it was... It was pretty much end it before it gets to resentment and yeah, and, and I don't think any of us have any resentment towards each no, other. No, it doesn't sound like it. Are you guys still <laughs> sleeping together? 
Because I'm feeling like. Oh, I don't know. Are you guys all sleeping together still? Uh, I haven't no, no, actually not. slept with either of them. Yeah. I, surprisingly, we haven't. Sean and I just cuddle sometimes. Why am I not invited to Jupiter this? Jupiter is not part of this cuddle because puddle. Because you, you would sexualize it. Jupiter, you weird. had your point when you were the leading. Yeah, lady. you were. You were the V. Remember, you, you were. The you v. felt the need to de-escalate, and yep. so Sean and I just took the reins from there. The Wait, V so flipped. The V. You provide the V, and then we oh, take the V ah, out. Ah. You can what? interpret that however to, you want. Two L's. I don't know. Um, but hold on. Sex. Let's talk about sex. Configurations. Sex, Let's get sex. to the good part. When did you? When did uh, the three of you guys have sex for the first time? Valentine's Day. Oh, really? That's romance. We, we, we did a try. We did a triad Valentine's Day, which is incredible. Like I remember. That's hard. I remember. No, it was awesome. It was so good. So I remember okay. that. I remember this conversation. I was talking to Sean. I was like, "Hey, do you want to spend Valentine's Day together?" And he was like, "Yeah." But don't you want to spend Valentine's Day with Dylan too? Oh, and that's I was so like, sweet. I was like, I do, but like, I want to honor our relationship because this has been something that yeah. come up for Sean and I around New Year's when I barely was starting seeing Dylan. Mm-hmm. Dylan had like pre kind of invited me to go do something with New Year's. It has a thing for Sean where he's like, hey, this is an expectation. I maybe had in voice, but I wanted to spend with you. And so I was, I was sensitive around Valentine's Day. I was like, okay, I want to make sure I see I'm like hearing your needs as my established partner. Yep. And he was like, no, like, I think that, you know, Dylan would probably want to spend time with you. I think you want to spend time with him, too. So why don't we? I was like, well, could we? Yeah, we we can really? We can just do all of us? Well, like, I, I remember had, Dylan. <laughs> I had my level of, like, trepidation, too, because I <laughs> I, I wanted to, to, like, really make sure that um, I wasn't coming in and, like, you know, kicking down yeah. any doors and, or stepping yeah. on any toes. Um, and I, I wanted... You know, I wasn't sure what our um, relationship, the three of us, was going to turn into. But Sean is literally the most welcoming metamor right. ever. Exactly. And um, and so uh, on Valentine's Day, Sean wrote me the single, like, sweetest and long and, like, heartfelt and just eloquent um, sort of explanation of how welcome I was Aww. in both his life and as part of like the like three person relationship that we were um you know nurturing and um that's uh that's when I realized that I loved Sean more than Jupiter. I think I love oh. Sean. <laughs> I love I'm Sean too. Why does no, Sean know Sean? Sean, Sean, was like, Sean was deals with the thing salon. The card I got from Dylan on Valentine's Day was a, a cutout magazine picture of some old people and it said inside, You're all right by me. Oh. So they you obviously are puns. <laughs> yeah. so, so you can see Sean Dillon instantly were fell for each other. So yeah, on to the sex. Yeah, let's get to the sex. It's been now 40 that, minutes. Enough with that bushy stuff. I know. <laughs> we, we weren't even recording this whole time. Yeah. We now we're, we are. So, okay. um, so leading up to this night, I think from like the first time, I was like, maybe like literally the first date that we went on, I was like, so I'm re- do you want to have a threesome? Done, done. Dylan had a lot of trepidations around, like, he'd never had a threesome with another man there, and, like, and I would just kept being like, okay, I won't push it, but I'm pushing it. Uh, <laughs> and so, finally, like, that night, he was like, I'm not making any promises, but it totally happened, and um, it was amazing, because we went, we went got dinner, and then we went to Banya again, the bathhouse, and then... We went back and we were like, got in bed. I was we were, sufficiently wooed. Yeah. We were like cuddling and 
we, so were flowers. they just like pleasing you the whole time? Like, how oh did no, this... I put the work in. <laughs> well, but, okay, so wait, what do you mean you put the work? Oh, before sex? No, I'm not nope. talking about before. No, sex. during sex. No, I'm said. saying before sex. Well, for, first of all, who paid for the date? Who pays for dates? Who oh, pay? that's such a good question. Who paid for the dates? Did, did John and I split really? it? I think. I feel like maybe you jumped on dinner. And I feel like Sean paid for Bonia. That's also possible. And okay. I was just like, oh my god, and two men can split the expenses of a date? That's even better. We're affordable. <laughs> <laughs> Benefits of triad relationship. Okay, get to the sex. Um, <laughs> I'll, I'll get to it. Um, yeah, so we ended up having, a, like, we stayed at Dylan's place, um, which we ended up many, many much, more Much nights. to the chagrin of my housemates. But we came, we came out one time and, like, everyone was like, there was, like, 40 people and I was there like, well, y'all were having fun in there. We're like, yes. Yes. Uh, <laughs> yeah, and so we, we had a threesome. That, I like, actually, I remember my housemate, Mike, I remember um, you you and Sean came over one night and I, like, I left um, my room and I went to the bathroom <laughs> <laughs> um, and then you and Sean started fucking again while I was brushing my teeth and then I walked into the living room and I was brushing my teeth and my housemate Mike looks at me and goes if you're here <laughs> <laughs> what's going on in there yeah, exactly. so did you guys mostly like have threesomes when you were together or was it more like you and Sean, you and Dylan like how did that work mostly threesomes if the three of us were all awake but Dylan, I like, napped through. Dylan, a like <laughs> you two had sex right and you next just, yeah, yes. no, multiple times. One time we had to get off the bed because it was Dylan was like, mm, like making grumpy noises because we were waking him up with with fucking. So, so we got off the bed. I and work fucked, in the morning. Well, I fucked on the floor next to. Him. My favorite <laughs> configuration was uh, yeah, missionary with me reading a book next to. Him. Um, <laughs> I was wondering, like, what happened to the other person while you were with one guy. Now, I guess we know. Yeah. There's you're, a guy. <laughs> Reading um, a book. I mean, yeah, you're, you're kind of either <laughs> just, like, like, there or you're not. So well, are it's, you like, watching? your turn. You're no, not no, watching. I mean, that happened one time at, at uh, Sean's, uh, the place in Sausalito, when we did all, when we made the fort. You ever just watch? So great, so great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that we that we were playing like psychedelic projections and crazy music, and like we were just taking turns doing all the combinations. We built, so, we built a, a kids fort and all put a put a bed inside the kids fort and basically had. You stop know, saying kids. Right? Yeah, I know. I was like, I don't know if I want a picture of this. <laughs> adult fort. Adult. Um, no, okay. Adult fort. Uh, an adult fort. Okay. Did your swords ever cross? During are you asking case? if Sean and I ever hooked up? Because no, we didn't. Well, not intentionally, but you've got. What, you, are you asking if and... Sean and I ever accidentally hooked up? <laughs> yeah. Like I just, I just, if, if I, I tripped and like I landed on his dick. Maybe I think it's very clear uh, that you guys just had a very sentimental were, relationship, <laughs> emotional. <laughs> oh yeah, Sean, what was what is your thoughts on this? Well, um, I mean. Comical moments stand out. <laughs> Don't you know what? I'm actually I'm totally I'm totally in agreement what, with Sean. I right think there. I know what he might's gonna say. Are you gonna I think I know the story yeah. you're gonna say. Yeah, should I? Yeah, um, just do it. Just do it. Alright, so so <laughs> Dylan and I learned early on that we were both big fans of the Big Lebowski. Okay. And so there's there's this one moment where Dylan was going down on Jupiter. And if for any like listeners that are fans of the Lebowski will maybe recall the scene where I dunked Dylan's head further 
down into <laughs> Jupiter's crotch and uh, screamed, where's the money about you? Oh, my oh God. My God. And, then, and then? And then? And then, Dylan, what'd you say? Oh, fuck. I don't remember. It's down there somewhere. Um, I learned... I think the most out of this podcast than um, any other I've ever heard of. So very quickly, I just want to go around because we know what Jupiter's parents think of this, um, thought of this relationship. Dylan, what did your parents think of or did they know about this? Um, yeah. So uh, my my dad just turned 70 um, and I know I love my dad too. Um and uh, he is like in full support. Uh, oh, wow. He he could not be um, any more, um, you know, encouraging and supportive and curious and just like all of the the things that you would want, uh, you know, from a from a parent and a mentor. Um, and I think you know he is um, he fully understands that uh, his generation is probably not. Um, not fully on board with the idea of of yeah. polyamory. Um, but I, I, you know, I don't want to speak for him. But I, I think, um, on some level, you know, he kind of would would like to, um, ideally incorporate some level of ethical non monogamy in mm-hmm. his day to day life. Okay. Um. It's never too late. He's single. <laughs> yeah. Sexy. And also, yeah. like, uh, trust me, like... Geriatrics that, out there, if you're listening. <laughs> the best, probably the hottest 70-year-old bachelor around. Listeners, write in if hey. you'd like to be Dylan's dad. <laughs> Please do. Please he's do. A, he's a wonderful man. He, uh, we all love Dylan. <laughs> it's hard not to. It's really hard. We like him better than Dylan. Sean, what about your family? My family's been, I wouldn't say as supportive as uh, Dylan's father has been. Um, I think they've, it's been, it's strange. I feel like it's been, they've tried to be accepting of it, um, but I think it's been more complicated than that. Mm -hmm. I feel like Mm -hmm. they, you know, kind of on the surface level understand, you know, I've declared to them that I am polyamorous and explained what that means to me, but I think they're... It's just not something they're fully, they fully understand. I think they, you know, they lived through the 70s and whatnot and basically said that, you know, those are things that they tried when they were young, but, you know, they, in their experience, they never saw it working out, that it was, you know, they kind of regard it as a phase, I suppose. Mm. Um, and that kind of, that, it doesn't feel great to, like, yeah. hear that, because, you know, how do you, you know, how do you imagine if you if you're gay and you tell your parents you're gay, that they, you know, they brush it off as a phase. Right. So it doesn't, um, it doesn't feel like it adequately, like, recognizes, you know, the declaration you're making to them. Um, and so, yeah, we've gone through, we've gone through a process together, my mom and I particularly, where I feel like it's come up a couple times and I've tried to make the case for, you know, respecting my sexual autonomy and, and tried to relate it to her similarly to, you know, sexual sexual orientation, and and I think maybe just maybe that case like helped drive it home because I, I believe it's um, as a, a lot of people do in the poly community that polyamory is an orientation in a similar way mm-hmm. that you know s- sexuality is an orientation, and mm-hmm. this is 
this is your, I guess you call it your relationship orientation. And then you mm-hmm. also have an, you know, a, a gendered attractiveness orientation, you know, and mm-hmm. those are two different axes. Yeah. I mean, I, I will admit, like, I didn't know much about triad relationships before. And I just automatically assumed that there was like, you guys were bi. Did your parents ever think that? Um, I, I think my, my, I think my mom secretly thinks I'm bi for sure. I think she totally yeah. does. Well, I yeah. mean, I totally told her we were, so. <laughs> I, don't know, I don't know what you were expecting out of that conversation. Well, I think when you hear relationship, yeah. it's like there's yeah. a lot of stereotypes around. Like, and I do have a lot of friends who are like ace, asexual, and all sorts of things like that. So I guess, like for me, I'm very much understand that a lot of people have like non-sexual romantic relationships. But I think most people yeah. still assume sex yep. and romantic relationships or sex and right. relationships of any kind. And triad relationships could be that. Totally, they well, could right? Be. Yeah, yeah. It just doesn't between, have to be. Is what we're exactly. Learning. Yeah. yeah. What about um, marriage? Do you guys believe? in marriage i mean i'm not opposed to marriage if i feel like it serves a function like literally like a practical function otherwise like i'm totally in favor of like you know commitment ceremonies or like ways to like celebrate and recognize like relationships that like have a desire to like grow and have a foundation and all those kinds of things but like marriage as a concept that i think like traditional society or like older society believes in um like a lot of people i think in this generation Mm -hmm. uh just doesn't really resonate for me i don't feel like the government telling me that I'm now bound to someone makes my relationship any better. So mm-hmm. it's yeah. really only if it serves a function. Gotcha. This is. Can I chime in here? No, yeah. please. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I feel like in the same way that, like, you know, calling someone your boyfriend or girlfriend um, can can basically cause you in this society to inherit a set of expectations and rules that that means that your relationship should have. Um, marriage definitely has that, right? You tell someone you're married and they instantly make a set of expectations and assumptions about what that means of what you're allowed to do and how you behave. And I, f- I find that, I mean, that's, that's, to me, that's like the major purpose of polyamory for me is breaking free of those expectations. Like, I find each relationship that I have is, is so unique with that individual that it's almost insulting to for me to just inherit some sort of societal expectations um, of how I should conduct that relationship. Mm-hmm. And um, and marriage is to me is kind of the the ultimate most like symbolic one that is like well known throughout the world of what it means. And generally speaking, I just most I mean all of my relationships don't abide by the rules that are set by that. So I feel like it just is going to serve to confuse more than anything most people. Um, but yeah, to, to Jupiter's point, there's some other like tax benefits, et cetera, that could come with it. It's just as far as the exclusivity and all that jazz and nesting and stuff, it's just not my jam. Mm-hmm. Okay. What about kids? Um, Jupiter and I have talked uh, quite a bit about sort of the, not not about having our own kids, but just the, the philosophy of, of raising kids in a, in a polyamorous environment. I think... I think we came to the and please chime in if uh, if I'm off base and or misquoting you, but um, I think we kind of came to to some common ground on on the idea that um, you know much like um, a a standard uh, you know monogamous nuclear family kind of setup, like the um, the important thing is that uh, a child have uh, positive and uh, consistent and stable uh, role models and yeah. and the number of those role models uh, is kind of uh, inconsequential, and if, if anything, um, you know, being raised by 
uh, a family of people. A village. It, right, <laughs> as it were. Um, uh, could could really only serve to benefit. I don't... Mm -hmm. I, I, I struggle to, to envision a scenario wherein there's... Um, a uh, you know sort of a, a polyamorous uh, group, um, you know, uh, raising a child and and being a consistent presence in that child's life, and that being um, a a negative, yeah, yeah. Or, or a a force of uh, yeah negativity or, or negative influence. Yeah, I, I do want to get to some takeaways because I want our listeners to hear about what did you learn from this triad relationship and what are what is some advice you could give to people who are exploring non-traditional relationships? Um, I mean, yeah, I um, I took away so, so much. I, I learned so much about myself and um, just about how I want to treat people and how I want people to treat me so quickly. Um, and it, it was... It, pretty overwhelming um but um i guess uh a number one would just be um work within your comfort zone don't push yourself to do something that you know you're not comfortable with but at the same time try and push your comfort zone mm -hmm. right because um, you don't know right yeah. exactly um you know find find what it is that you're comfortable doing and find a setup that um that works for you and, and benefits you um to to the best of, of your ability and your knowledge um and uh you know i think um because polyamory tests um people's connections um and people's uh communication skills yeah um and and people's uh, uh, self-awareness yeah. and tight and time management <laughs> uh, much more strongly in my experience than monogamous relationships um you need to make sure before you dive headfirst into um a you know a triad or some other polyamorous dynamic that um that you have all that shit in line because uh you'll find out very quickly if you don't mm. yeah um and and it can be kind of destructive yeah um I actually learned a lot from Sean and Dylan's examples because in a lot of ways, I like to say I kind of had the easy position. Like I was oh, the without one. Without question. Is that a joke? <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Um, yeah. Like, so it's funny because prior to this happening, um, I always had this anxiety in um, my relationship with Sean and in prior relationships that were poly that I tried to do that I always had this big fear of like, what's going to happen when my person finds another person? What's mm. going to happen when I have to go some of my time? What, like, how am I going to handle this? I never propositioned in my head, like it would happen the other way mm. and that I would find another person first. Mm. And I was really lucky that Sean handled it with such grace. And I consider myself lucky in that respect too. Yeah, yeah. Mm, yeah. definitely. Like wait, I really happened to be with someone who, was able to take full ownership of their feelings, who didn't project that I was doing anything wrong, who like actually celebrated what was happening, but also acknowledged like really real feelings that were happening for them. Um, and then to like be able to like watch how Sean handled that and like in such a way that like I respected and I was like, mm -hmm. wow, I like see it was so inspirational. And then to also see like the grace and like lack of insecurity that Dylan came in with and that where he was able to just feel comfortable and like ride through it I learned so much from both of them that interestingly enough like me now I am now 
partners with two people who one is in two long-term relationships, one's in one long-term relationship for many years before they've met me. And it's my first time now being like getting into relationships with people who already had these long-standing partners. And I feel like I had these amazing examples set for me of how mm. to do that, how to be that and how to do it in a way that is graceful, that is respectful to people who are already in the relationships. And I think if I had not been in this exact interaction where I happen to be lucky and get to watch two people handle it like this, I might not be as successful with the relationships I'm currently in. And awesome. you're in two separate relationships, yes. not a triad. Okay. Yeah. And then Sean, what about you? Yeah, guys? I mean, I, I feel grateful that yeah, um, and and thank you, Dylan and Jupiter, for your kind words about um, about the process of going to the relationship together. Um, I really appreciate it, and both both of you two uh, were amazing uh, people to to do this with and and, and learn from. Um, I I feel really grateful from the from the experience. I actually I actually um, really preferred being in the position that I was um, in this relationship because I. Uh, you know, Jupiter talked about you know having the easy position. I actually really enjoyed having. May, may it's hard to say which is the hardest position, but having you know what could be seen as a harder position of having an established relationship and then having your you know your partner in that relationship build a new relationship. Right, you have to create a lot of space to uh, to invite someone into that. Um, and for me, that was actually where all the growth was. So I, that, that's why I'm like actually really happy to have been in that position even though it's harder is because instead of me constantly having this belief which i walked around with for you know several years prior to this that i'm a very unjealous person and i actually want my partners to be able to build other relationships and these are all these hypotheses that i had uh, and i and i but i never really really had it tested you know i had a, a previous partner who who had some flings with people, but she had never developed like a, a significant relationship on what could be considered a partner level with anyone else. And so I never really had that test. And I felt like I didn't want to get into, you know, three or four years of being polyamorous and never actually had that real test come to me um, to make sure that like, yes, polyamory is right for me. And this mm -hmm. is what this, this did for me is it actually gave me that test. And so I, I got to walk through the emotions of bringing a new person into my life and bring and, and creating space for my partner to have this person in their life. Um, and so I guess, yeah, if I were to like suggest some, um, you know, advice on this topic is, um, don't shy away from that at all. Like, mm -hmm. yeah, that's the hard part, but I, I feel like you don't want to avoid the hard parts. Right. Uh, what you're doing by practicing polyamory is you're, you have a hypothesis about how your emotions work. That is, that you're finding a different relationship style is going to be more compatible with how you are as a person, um, that it's more likely to bring greater happiness into your life. I mean, that's all it is. It's, it's, it's not, it doesn't need to be this big statement against the rest of the world and against society and such. It's, it can be as simple as recognizing that you, maybe you're a little bit different than the average person. And if your goal in life is to optimize for your happiness, then maybe a different approach than what everyone else is doing is, is good. And so you want to test that hypothesis. So put yourself in that difficult position. Create space for a new person to come into the life of your partner. And if that's, if that's too tough, if you try to work through that and it's just not working for you, 
um, then you know maybe polyamory is not right for you. But that's not to say that you should turn away at the first sign mm-hmm. of challenge because it takes working through this stuff to uh, to actually really you know get to the goal that's behind it. I just I, I described this to many friends uh, the relationship that I found that Jupiter and I uh, Jupiter Dylan and I had was that it was like we were at this this big crowded party and we had suddenly discovered the secret room in it and the mm-hmm. secret room was like the most beautiful like chillest you know it's filled with with lasers and the best music everyone's doing the new york times crossword <laughs> and we're, we're, us three are getting to enjoy it ourselves and we're just in this complete awe of, of that experience that we're all three collectively having but in a way it felt like we kind of stumbled into it like it wasn't so mm-hmm. it wasn't so like intentional like we 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 took the baby steps to get to this thing, but it, it, it was a world that we traded into ourselves that, that we all three shared and that we grew together um, that other people could only see from the outside. And I wanted to, you know, shout to the world to say, hey, everybody, there's secret rooms all around you. <laughs> <laughs> like, take the leap that you need. Like, I know that door looks really, like, thorny and tough and scary, but I'm telling you, like, there's a beautiful room on the other side. Pull the so book that the says History of Anthropology. <laughs> yeah, I think beautiful. the notion of growth is really mm. big. Because people always say just in general, like, relationships teach you so much about yourself and, like, what you guys said, it's not that you ha- you're you measuring it by if you're still together or you're not, but just, like, how much all of you guys got out of this yeah, is yeah. pretty incredible. Yeah, and I think it's funny because we're always talking about, like, what's a successful relationship, and society says in a relationship that you're going to die. Yeah, yeah. And, like, and that's in, not... In my opinion, not. it's a relationship where you're, like... I learned from that. Right. I grew from that. Yeah. And I think yeah. that the, between the three of us, I learned and grew so much, more than probably in your Same. relationship. Sounds that Same. way. Yeah, definitely. And, and so I, I consider my relationship with Jupiter and Sean to probably be my most successful relationship, even mm, though, right. like, in the grand uh, scope of my life and even, even um, so my other relationships, it didn't last nearly as long. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's and, not really the length of time. No. It's the quality. And we spent a I lot of time over Also, there. like, just what a relationship means. I mean, yeah. I think the dynamic between Sean and Dylan is yeah. so yeah. interesting to me. And just, yeah. like, how much of it – it's, like, people always say, like, your partner – is like your best friend and like there is that like platonic side to it that we like sometimes forget about yeah. mm-hmm. and you guys obviously had this just like platonic bromance that's like really yeah, coming out. still <laughs> strong bromance it remains strong to this day <laughs> um i have two main takeaways one is i think when people are in are in a relationship no matter how many people are in it as long as your goal is to hope for the best for each other I feel like that relationship can work through anything. If the goal is to say, I want to be the best person for you, I want to provide the best for you, then basically that's just your the, the one goal everyone's working towards. Um, the second takeaway I have is, I think there's this notion of, of people who haven't had much much experience with polyamory is that they think they're that people are unsatisfied with one person so therefore yep. they want to find multiple people to fill in the gaps and what i'm hearing you guys say is jupiter you met dylan and, and you said this guy in my life actually enhances my relationship with sean yeah. which is a very interesting thought you know it's not so much sean was missing these qualities or he didn't fulfill these needs mm-hmm. is that by like by Dylan 
being part of a relationship, it actually made everything even better. And that's one way that people should really, you know, if you're considering polyamory, you're considering non-relation, non-traditional relationships, or just with anything in life, if it enhances your life, Right. Absolutely say yes to it. Why would you say no to it? But don't don't approach or add or try out things where you you're you come in with some sort of resentment about your current situation, yeah. right? Cuz you're starting out negative and the person that's coming in will never be able to live up to what you're looking for. Yeah. I cool. would say, yeah, Sean was like an amazing partner. And if anything, I was like, I'm spoiled getting another one now. Yeah, <laughs> I know. And you should have just kept going. Oh, I just keep going. <laughs> it never ends. I mean, I think every woman that's listening is probably just envious. Of- <laughs> I, I, I definitely just like bet out with both of them in public. And I'm like, looking at people, I'm like, I know what I'm doing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the idea of taking two dates to a wedding excites me to no end. <laughs> it will not be my last. <laughs> All right, cool. Let's wrap this up. You guys, thank you for coming on oh, and, and giving us such an honest picture of what a triad relationship <laughs> yeah, this is. amazing. I was really I'm... tempted to lie about so much stuff. <laughs> but you can't even, right? Because <laughs> the truth is so good. The truth is so much better. Yeah. So much better. If people were to have questions or they want advice, could yeah. they contact you guys for that? I don't know. Like, how, how many listeners would you imagine would do that? Like, 100,000 at least. 100,000, cool. Um, um, we'll field those questions I, to you. I can, I can help with this a little bit. So I actually Mel.Gibson at <laughs> So I actually run um, some poly events, some poly Oh, what a plug opportunity. In, in yes. San Francisco. And I'm also currently launching a, um, with, I'm part of a film collaborative that's all about sex, gender, relationships. Um, and so I'll be leading a video series on YouTube called Poly Pillow Talk. Awesome. That's um, yes. informal, like cozy in my bed talks with people about real life polyamory challenges. Amazing. Um, That's great. So that will be a great resource for people that I plan to be putting out there to kind of like dispel a lot of myths about polyamory and present really real life. Examples. That's amazing. Fantastic. And if you ever I'm reach excited. out to me to do that, I'm always happy to talk about it. I have... I make myself like the poly person on my friends' lives. And so everyone just always, random people from like high school will be like, hey, so like I'm thinking about polyamory. I know we haven't talked in eight years. And I'm like, it's okay. Bring it to me. Okay, I so listeners that write it to us will pass to Jupiter. Yeah, Jupiter's got Not to back. Dylan's fake email. <laughs> no, no, no. Dylan's too busy reading his book next to two people having sex. All right. <laughs> Mel.Gibson at gmail.com you know, is a very well uh, there is actually, care of email address. There actually is a meme of like like a couple having sex and the partner next to them is literally just like petting one of the head while <laughs> <laughs> You're doing great, honey. Amazing. Yeah, and Sean, I don't know. Do you want to feed, do, would you ever want some poly things being fed to you? Call, question? Yeah, totally. Um, yeah, I mean, Jupiter and I, uh, for a while, we're running a, a poly discussion circle yeah. in San Francisco. Um, where we brought together people to help answer a lot of these questions. So, awesome. yeah, we, we both are really interested in, um, in building the poly community around the world, really, um, because we're all going to thrive better as the community grows. So, yeah, feel free to send you know people my way. I, I get, kind of have, get the same thing that Jupiter was mentioning of mm-hmm. just, yeah, random Facebook messages of people asking about polyamory, and it's pretty—it's pretty hilarious, actually. <laughs> also, <laughs> I love it. Yeah. Also, pretty Sean, yeah. you can only hear his voice, but Sean is super cute, and he's always down to fuck. 
Oh yeah, <laughs> DTF. Yes. And so is Dylan, but Sean's Dylan is just like, what about me? Well, everyone, we we all know Sean's the sluttier one. We all know that, honey. That, that's fine. <laughs> I'm okay with that. Sean is DTF, and Dylan's DTF sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> but he's not a good book. Yeah. You you said Sean is the sluttier one, like it was a delicate subject you were broaching with me. To, uh, to head on in. To, oh, to a threesome. You're about to go into a oh, threesome. Oh, 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 Sean's about to go to a threesome. Sorry, we're, we're <laughs> taking you away from your Sorry, precious we're, threesome we're, time. <laughs> Sean, where are you right now? Redwood City? Yeah. I can be there in 45 minutes. Text right. the address to Dylan. <laughs> Anyway, listeners, yeah. listeners, you can you heard it here first. You can contact uh, Sean or Jupiter on your poly questions, and if you want to read a nice book, you can contact Dylan for that. If you would like to be a guest on our show, we're constantly looking for guests. Especially, we're now booking for season six, which will start in 2018. So just email us or find us on you know all the social media channels. Okay, on that note, day dateable. Thanks, Shani. I love you. Have fun at your three. <laughs> your action item for this week is to set expectations with the people you're dating communicate your needs and listen to their needs and if you have needs that are maybe non-traditional or unconventional it's much better to communicate it with your partner than to do it behind their back because sometimes you never know what he or she may be open for maybe a triad relationship is not out of the question and don't forget, all week we're having an Instagram contest. Follow us on Instagram at Datable Podcast. And for each friend that you tag in a post, it counts as an entry into the contest. And the prize is a brunch with me and Julie, where you can ask us anything you want and brunch is on us. So enter as many times as you like by tagging a friend in our Instagram posts. If you didn't know already, in our off season, we launched a premium series called the Y Series where we dissect, analyze, and offer solutions to some of the most common dating conundrums. We've had some great feedback on how actionable these episodes are, so check it out on our website under the tab Y Series. Or you can now buy directly from iTunes Music. The most efficient way to meet new people is a combination of online and offline. 500 Brunches has your offline covered. Connect over brunch with new friends. Come alone or bring a buddy. There is always a table full of friendly faces, mimosas, and eggs benedict. Sign up at 500brunches.com and use the code DATEABLE for a free entry. To connect with us, visit datablepodcast.com. You can also find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, all under Datable Podcast. Mm-hmm.